Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who also needs a haircut like myself, Brandon Siegel. How are you doing today? I'm good. I'm in dire need of a haircut. My hair is... I've, I've needed it. Here's... Do you do this, Trevor? When I need a haircut, I, I'm normally needing a haircut for about two weeks every single time, like normally. And now that, you know, we got this new lifestyle and quarantine, I, I've now needed a haircut for approximately five weeks, and it's getting bad. Yeah, so I, I, the last time I got my haircut was probably like a week before all of this started, so it's been now about mm-hmm. six or seven weeks. Usually I get my haircut mm-hmm. once a month, so I'm like three weeks past when I normally would have gotten my haircut, mm-hmm. so it's it's definitely getting to the point where I'm like, man, I, I really uh, need a haircut. So yeah, it's not great. Yeah, no, and I'm in the exact same boat as you. I, I get about once a month, and it's been about seven or eight weeks or something like that um, since I've got my haircut. Um, but of course, and today I'd like to introduce our, our, our obvious, and we know who's coming in here. Uh, we don't have a special guest today, but we have an official title for this next person. Uh, it is not live studio audience member anymore. It is an official contributor to the Small World Podcast. Let's welcome in Ben O'Brien. Ben, what do you think about your new name? Are you happy about your new name? Uh, yeah, I'm completely honored to be a, an official contributor on the Small Baller Podcast, the world famous Small Baller Podcast, if I might add. It's, it's a high honor. Ooh, it yeah, really is. Definitely. It, it's fame. awarded to only uh, only a few out there. Yes, very very few. Um, but we we have a great episode coming back uh, to you guys today. We did our top twenty five NBA uh, players of all time. We did twenty five to eleven, and this week uh, we're going to do ten to one, uh, which will be super duper fun. Uh, Trevor, any any last words before we kind of you know get right into it? Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we obviously had the NFL draft, we had the MJ doc, um, other than, like, those are the only two things going on, and other than that, obviously we're doing our rankings, but uh, just really good, and we're going to obviously talk about MJ in this podcast, but I, I want to hear your thoughts quickly on, like, what you thought of the first two episodes, because I really enjoyed them, um, and it seemed like everyone else enjoyed them, too. I mean, I was shocked, and I, and I told you about this before we started, I was shocked at just how many people were watching, how many people were talking about it on social media. Mm-hmm. It seemed like it seemed like like the whole country was watching it essentially. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, no, I I absolutely loved The Last Dance and I'm super excited for these next two episodes. It it seems to me like every episode and I, I talked to Ben about this a couple of days ago. Every episode's going to be a, a a month of that final season and with flashbacks, of course. Um, and additionally, a lot of the players will be getting their own episodes, as we've seen the Scottie Pippen episode, and supposedly the first episode tonight uh, will be the Dennis Rodman episode. Uh, so I'm super-duper excited. I've loved this documentary so far. I think it'll end up being one of my favorite documentaries, because I think, um, I, I would in no way say I'm a huge Michael Jordan fan. I like Michael Jordan. There's not, you know, I have nothing against him. But I'm, I'm still interested to learn more about the actual team itself. Um, while MJ, of course, has this great, amazing story, um, you know, becoming one of the best players of all time. I would love to hear more about the players around him. Like the, the Pippin stuff was just so so neat. What, what was what, Ben? What was your favorite part from from the the first two episodes? Um, honestly, my favorite. They were like they would do like trivia and going into the commercials of like Michael Jordan trivia, and like yes. like one of the stats. I forget what it was exactly, but it had like these three or four amazing players. I forget who they were, and it was like they each have one fifty five point playoff game, and then it like went to a different screen. And it was like Michael Jordan has. Yeah, six or whatever it was, and I was like, "Good lord, it's just ridiculous." And like, obviously, I didn't watch him. None of us watched him play live, really. But like, not when he was in his peak. But like, it's just crazy how I mean, he was such a freak. Like, it's it's ridiculous, so ridiculous. It, it was it was such a great documentary. But there actually is one thing I want to mention. We streamed for the first time on Thursday, right? It was Thursday. I think it was Thursday. Yeah. The uh, first round at the NFL draft. Sadly, Trevor wasn't with us, but we do plan on streaming again. It was very successful. So we appreciate everyone who came out and supported. Um, it was it was a lot of fun. We we had a great time. We had a little bit of an audio hiccup, but we we'll fix that. Uh, ben, what you did you have fun on the stream? You like it? Yeah, it was great. I had, I had a fun time. Happy with the Bengals pick. Can't complain. <laughs> yes, and we will talk more about the draft uh, most likely next week. I would love to talk more. I the draft is my favorite day of the year on that that first round. Uh, so it was a lot of fun streaming it. Um, but yeah, no, please go follow our Twitch. It's uh, Twitch.tv backslash small baller pod so yeah go follow it we'll uh, we'll probably be streaming there again for sure i'd say because uh, i know trevor you want to get in on the, the streaming life absolutely i definitely do um yes yeah, so we'll have a lot of fun with that um but let's let's get started today trevor i i would love for you to start off today um with your 10th best player of all time all right so uh number 10 
I have a player who you mentioned last podcast. I believe he was your number 11, and that is Hakeem Olajuwon. Hakeem Olajuwon uh, obviously spent most of, the, most of his career with the Houston Rockets, played some uh, final seasons um, with Toronto. But Hakeem was just, you know, I think if I was, like, alive during this era, he would have been one of my favorite players because just one of the most skilled big men um, of all time, the way, like, his post moves. Obviously, nowadays, he has those camps where, you know, other big men, like Joel Embiid and, and some of those other guys, and even LeBron, I believe, was, like, uh, worked with Hakeem a little bit on the post moves. And, you know, Hakeem, mm-hmm. his uh, career averages – 22 points per game, 2.5 assists, 11 rebounds, 51% shooting, and he has two championships in back-to-back years when MJ went to baseball. uh, The Rockets won those back-to-back championships. He was the finals MVP both times. And so Hakeem, he's a guy who throughout the majority of his career was the best player on his team and on a team who won back-to-back championships so two championships you look at comparisons for that so you are like other players who have been the best players on their team they've won two so like Kevin Durant also who I had at 11 he was the best player on a team who won twice Uh, Kobe same thing best player on a team who won twice and he also contended some of those other years as well just uh, couldn't get over the hump in some of those other years with the Bulls obviously but Hakeem was just a phenomenal player defensively being able to block shots, um, even getting some steals as well, and also being very good offensively, being very versatile. Um, you know, and, and in this era, maybe he would have been a little bit better of a shooter, but he wasn't the worst shooter. You know, he's pretty efficient. So Hakeem is who I have at number 10. Um, yeah, I mean, he really would have been... Like, if I'm just thinking about, like, big men who I really like their game, like, he's probably... Um, the guy who I like their game the most out of like big men because typically all my favorite players are guards but like I really like Hakeem's game yeah no I, I definitely agree with that at, at uh, tonight I had him at 11 so we had very close I'm interested to see if we ever have someone at the same spot um, maybe with the exception of one or two because we should have the same one or two uh, in my opinion at least Ben I, I think you would agree with me too in that aspect um, but uh, my number 10 um this was a tough one, because I, I talked about this before, but I think kind of we have tiers here. I, I talked about how, like, 13 to, like, 18 is kind of a tier, and then again here I have tiers from basically 11 to 6. Um, a lot of these players are very close in my mind, and this next player is, is in my opinion, um, a pretty similar player to Elijah in terms of stats, uh, and that is Oscar Robertson, which I believe Ben will be happy about this pick. I, I put him, I gave him the slight edge, um, just due to, there was a couple of statistics that I saw, um, obviously I have not seen him play in person, he played a couple, couple years before I was born, uh, probably more than a couple, um, but, uh, he averaged almost 26 points per game, he was 49% from the field, um, he had 7.5 rebounds, 9.5 assists, he was an MVP, 12-time All-Star, 11-time All-NBA, um, and won an NBA championship, and I, I just think he was so dominant where I had to put him in my top 10, just slightly above Hakeem, and the reason being is I think, like, while Hakeem was great, um, he was not quite as dominant his whole career like Oscar Robertson was. Um, so for that reason, I, w- I put him just ahead um, at that 10 spot. Right, yeah. Uh, so Ben, let's, let's, let's bring you in right away. What do you, what do you think about the, uh, the 10 so far? Um, I can't complain. I, I agree with you, Brandon. I would have had Oscar in my top 10. I probably would have put him at 9 or 10. Hakeem, I, I think I, he wouldn't have been in my top 10, but I definitely would have had him prior around 12 or 13. I don't think I would have put him in my top 10. Kind of what Brandon said earlier, the way I look at it is I have a top five that I feel pretty confident about. And then from six to 11, it's kind of all, it kind of just depends on how you look at it. So I kind of look at it as like yep. college bat or college football where you have a power five and then you have like a group of five or a group of six outside of the power five. That's how I, that's just how I view like what we're going through today. And I think Oscar's definitely in that group of five, group of six outside the top five. And Hakeem, I mean, I don't think he'd be much further behind the power or group of five that i have so i'm cool with both of them yeah no i I think both of us made a solid picks there um so moving on to number nine so again nine nine and eight i had some trouble with um deciphering which one i wanted to put first um but i did end up making a a decision and i i thought at the end of it i was like you know what i I think this is definitely the right decision um so at nine i have shaquille o'neal I'm interested to see where you put Shaq. I, I, I have a feeling he might be sooner 
uh, then a little bit later. Um, but Shank, of course, was just this all-around just monster. Such such a great player to watch. Uh, someone that we actually got to watch uh, for a decent amount of his career, I'd say. He averaged 24 points per game, 58% from the field. Uh, not a great three-point shooter, I'd say. Uh, 10.9 rebounds, 2.5 assists. He was an MVP once, 15-time All-Star, 14-time uh, All-NBA, and won four NBA championships. Um, and, of course, you know, just this amazing, amazing player um, on and off the court. Um, uh, just a great guy. Uh, so Shaq, I'd have to put at 9, um, which... While how I introduced him, I would suspect that people would know who my number eight is. Um, but yeah, nine will be Shaq. Trevor, who is your number nine on the list? All right, so um, my number nine is a guy who I was comparing him to Hakeem because they play the same position. I was trying to figure out who I thought was better. But this person, um, I did end up putting ahead of Hakeem, and that is Tim Duncan. So Tim Duncan played uh, 19 seasons from 1998 to 2016 career averages 19 points per game 11 rebounds and about close to 50 percent shooting um so yeah 50 percent shooting 51 around there and so tim duncan his stats aren't quite as good as hakeem's hakeem was slightly more efficient but tim duncan has more rings so how do you compare that now obviously people like to a lot of people go on rings some others like like to heavily rely on statistics. I'm trying to combine them and overall uh, decide who I think is better. So I think that Tim Duncan's stats being slightly lower are a result from him having better teammates, which lead to those rings. So if Tim Duncan, if he only has two rings, maybe he doesn't have quite as good as teammates, but his stats are probably just as good or better than Akeem's. So that makes it tough. Um, When you just compare, like, the player, like, if you look at offensively, um, Hakeem had a more versatile game, I feel like, offensively. Whereas Tim Duncan, uh, obviously, as the nickname says, the big fundamental, um, really just good with his fundamentals. Obviously, we know the bank shot, you know, like the turnaround bank shot and stuff like that. Um, so offensively, they're really comparable. Rebounding, very similar, both around that 11 mark. And then passing, they're also decent passers for being a big man as well, and they're both efficient defensively they both have a lot of all defensive teams tim duncan has 15 hakeem has um nine uh tim duncan has two mvps the regular season hakeem has one you look at finals mvps Hakeem has two duncan has three so i i think all around duncan was just such a phenomenal teammate and i'm sure hakeem was as well but we've seen tim duncan in this spurs team just how far this team really i mean even in 2014 when tim duncan's older and they still get there and tim duncan's still playing a huge role in their winning might not be the best player at that point anymore in 2014 but he's still playing a huge role in a team um i was just watching one of the games from the 2013 finals game six which is the famous ray allen shot and i was the the most surprising thing about this game was how phenomenal tim duncan was in the first half he was the best player on the floor in the first half at age, I don't know, like 36 at that point he would have been. Yeah, age 36, and he was still the best player on the floor for a lot of that game. So Tim Duncan, I have slightly had Akeem. I think the longevity um, is probably what takes it for me, but there's an argument for Akeem as well. Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with uh, Duncan being ahead of Akeem, um, but I, I think you're a little low on Duncan. Um, but uh, let's keep it moving here. So uh, the nines are done. Let's go to number eight, my personal favorite number. All right. So uh, number eight, I have Larry Bird. Okay. So Larry Bird, he played 13 seasons uh, in the league. I think he had like that back injury toward the end of his career, which kind of um, had a, which unfortunately he had to go out a little bit earlier than maybe he could have. Career averages 24 points per game six assists and 10 rebounds so just really great statistically uh larry bird was he was about 50 percent career shooter he has three nba championships two finals mvps three regular season mvps so larry bird um a very great shooter offensively he's known for um a lot of different big shots and just being a really prolific shooter also a good really good rebounder um and he was a, you know, he's about I think six seven six eight in that range. So he's a really good rebounder. Defensively, I think he's even underrated. I think defensively, Larry Bird's a good defender as well. And he was really the main core piece of those great Celtics teams. They had an '86 
and you know years like that when they're going against the Lakers. So Larry Bird is who I have here. Um, again, we're getting to this point where it's really tough. Um, again, and I went more in depth when we got into the top ten, but it's still it, it was so tough separating some of these guys. Yeah, no, I, I agree. We're, we're, like like I've already said, we're starting to get down where a lot of these guys are. They're so close, and it's just really minimal things that I uh, would separate them here. And really, like, I mean, even putting, like, I think Duncan's high the way you put him. Even where you put him, I'm like, all right, I mean, that makes sense. Like, I'm, I'm not going to hate on that. Um, so number eight, I have, uh, again, uh, another Lakers legend, as I had at nine, um, and that is Kobe Bryant. Uh, Kobe was great for many, many reasons, and as you talked about last episode, you ranked him at, what, what was it, 12? Yeah, 12. Um, which definitely, I think, is a little bit low, but you made a lot of great points about why you put him there. Um, so I won't go into, like, everything. You can watch last episode um, about what uh, Trevor said about Kobe Bryant, but Kobe Bryant is for sure a top-ten player of all time to me. Um, he, you know, won an MVP award, five championships, 18 All-Stars, 15 All-NBAs, averaged 25 points a game, even with kind of at the end of his career deteriorating a little bit. Um, you know, he wasn't this, like, fabulous three-point shooter, but, you know, the reason I have him in my top ten is, is mainly because I think he wanted to win more than anyone that pretty much anyone that played this game. I mean, perhaps Michael Jordan would be up there, too. Um, but, you know, and, and he did that. Everywhere, every team he had, he, 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 he won. Obviously, towards the end of his career, it's a little bit different, but, you know, he's a little bit older. You know, he won uh, some scoring titles uh, two times, um, and I, I think just for sure he'd, he'd be in the top ten. I, I think I have him pretty well ranked at eight. Um, with the guys ahead of him, I think are, are definitely ahead of him. Between him and Shaq, I actually had a tough time. Um, but the reason I put him ahead of Shaq is he has one more championship without Shaq, um, and he has more all-star uh, appearances and all-NBAs. So I, I decided to give him the edge. I know he played uh, a good amount more seasons uh, than Shaq. Not a ton more, but a, you know, a decent amount more. Um, so I, I had to get, edge it out to Kobe Bryant at my number eight. Uh, so so far, we, you know, we, we've given some good picks. Ben, who, whose who's, uh, ranking do you like so far better? I, you, why are you putting me in that situation, Brandon? I can't, I can't I got do it. that. I got it. You're a contender. I will, I will say, title. I, what I will say is that I completely agree with you, Brandon, where, like I said last week, I think Kobe, I think he falls in that 7 to 10 range. I think if you have him mm-hmm. higher than that, you're listening to people that value him too high because they like him as a person. And yeah, his mentality is fantastic, but the people in front of him are just better than him, in my opinion. Um, I, I love that you guys both have Tim Duncan in your top 10. I, going into this, I was a little worried that one of you guys would be wild and not have him in your top 10. He's one of my favorite players ever. I love Tim Duncan. Um, I kind of agree with you, Brandon. I think I, think I would have had him higher than where Trevor had him. Now, I, I think, like I said earlier, I think he's in that 5 to 10, 5 to 11 range, 6 to 11 range around there. Where in that range is up for debate, but I'm happy you guys both have him in your top 10 because I think he was such a good all-around player. I don't like the teams that he was on because they cost LeBron a couple championships, but as a player, I think he was just fantastic. I, lo- I love Tim Duncan so much. That is true. Sadly, he cost LeBron a couple, uh, a couple championships there. Um, but Trevor, Trevor, what are your thoughts so far on our, on our, our couple picks? Yeah, I mean, with the Shaq and Kobe debate, I think Shaq's pretty clearly the better player, and I'll explain why once I get to Shaq. Um, but, I mean, it, it's definitely interesting, and, again, we're getting – it's so tough, you know, kind of comparing a lot of these guys. But I'll save my uh, Shaq-Kobe thoughts for when I get there. Uh, I'm guessing you're going to be getting there pretty soon, but I think I'm up uh, at 7 next. Um, so, 7, I have – Larry Bird. Uh, so you just talked about Larry Bird, correct? What, what, where did you have Larry Bird? Do you have him at eight? Yeah, I am eight. Alrighty. So Larry Bird at eight, uh, at seven for me. Twenty-four points per game, almost fifty percent shooting, thirty-eight uh, percent from three, which isn't too bad. Ten rebounds, won three MVPs, twelve All Stars, ten All NBAs, and three NBA championships. Um, so I won't go into super big detail because Trevor, you just went into it. Um, but Bird is definitely one of the all-time uh, best to me. Uh, and, uh, you know, for sure, just one of those players where, I mean, there was no way I was leaving him outside of my top 10. And I mean, obviously I have him at seven. Um, so, uh, like I said, one of those all time greats, um, he altogether also had two, was a two time finals MVP winner. Um, and he was rookie of the year over Magic Johnson, which I find very fascinating and their battles through their career was just amazing. Um, so like, you know, you talked about earlier and I just mentioned a couple stats there. Larry Bird is my seventh best player of all time. All right, yeah. I mean, it's 
we, we've been saying it's so tough in the, in the Larry Bird. So seven, eight, I was debating. I almost put him at seven, actually. So he could have had potentially um, the same ranking there. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's getting interesting. So are you, are you next now, or am I next for six? No, you're, you're up. You're up. You got to do seven. Oh, I got to do seven. Yeah, duh. All right. <laughs> so number seven. seven six. So number seven. Um, I have at number seven, I have Bill Russell. So Bill Russell is a player who, again, when you try to compare these players from like the 50s and 60s to players from the 90s or 80s, like it's, it's near impossible. Like this is all for fun and it's, it's very hard to decide where Bill Russell should be. But Bill Russell is really just the ultimate winner because, you know, 11 championships um, within a 13-year span. He played 13 years throughout his career, and he had 11 championships. That in itself is insane. I mean, it's just – it's crazy. Now, you look at career averages, Bill Russell only averaged 15 points per game. So that's interesting, and that's something I was trying to list, look into and see, like, why did – Bill Russell only averaged 15 points per game, and and how am I gonna? If I rank him so high, how am I gonna justify putting him at number seven? Now, also, Bill Russell averaged 22 and a half rebounds per game, so that obviously helps a lot. And it seems like there might have been a difference, like rebounding maybe was more important, or maybe he was just like, well, I'm the center, that you know, it's my role to rebound, and they just thought about it more like specific back then whereas now like it doesn't really matter we have positionless basketball stuff like that but maybe back then i think it was more of the case where it's like if you're the center you're the rebounder if you're the point guard you're the passer it was a little bit more like that i feel like in the older days bill russell also only shot 44 percent from the field now when i get to will chamberlain because obviously i have him now ahead of bill russell that's another great debate that has been talked about so much and I listen to Bill Simmons a lot, who is a huge Celtics fan. And in his book and on podcasts, he always tries to make the case of how Bill Russell is just better than Wilt. And there's so many different rumors floating around about like, well, oh, Wilt wasn't a good teammate. Bill Russell's the ultimate teammate. And people just say like, well, Wilt's not a winner. I don't really believe some of those things. And I'll go more in depth with why I think that is. But Bill Russell here, not the most efficient, but nevertheless still had a huge impact on 11 championships. He won five regular season MVPs. He was just, I mean, they didn't track blocks back then, but if they did, I mean, who knows what Bill Russell would have averaged as far as blocks. He might have averaged five or six blocks a game. There was one um, finals game where they just showed the highlights, and I think I counted like nine blocks in that one game that Bill Russell had in a finals game. So just a very good defender. So, and obviously just the ultimate winner. So Bill Russell is who I have at number seven. That's a, that's a good selection. I, I, Bill Russell was another one that I had a lot of trouble uh, ranking just because obviously he didn't average a lot of points, but it was such a different NBA then. Um, so I, 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 his winning and stuff put him where he was um, and his accolades like that. And I, I think if it was more, maybe not necessarily modern NBA, but even if it was closer to like the 70s or 80s, um, even, you know, it would have been interesting if he could have played with someone like uh, Jordan. I, I would have been really fascinated to see, you know, in that type of era. Um, but, you know, I, I had him at 12. You had him at, what, 7? Yeah. Yeah, so um, both, both I think, are, are good rankings. So, Trevor, uh, who do you have at number 6? All right, so number 6, I have Shaquille O'Neal. So Shaq played 19 years in the league, 1993 to 2011. Career averages, as you already said, uh, 24 and 11 with two and a half assists on 58% shooting. So Shaq is like, I think he, he's, he's if not the most efficient player of all time, um, out of these players, he, he is. Because as I'm looking through my rankings, uh, there is no one that, that, has, that shoots 58% from the field other than Shaq. There's one other player, um, Kareem, that gets close. But Shaq, very efficient, 58% from the field. And really just his dominance throughout the game, especially with those Lakers teams. I mean, just if we're talking about like one version of a player that is like the best of all time, I think you could have like uh, 2000 Shaq is in that conversation. And then you might have like 93 Jordan or, or whatever year of Jordan you pick. And then you pick maybe a version of LeBron, like I would pick 2018 LeBron. But like those three guys, maybe like a version of Kareem, but like, that version of Shaq was just so good. 
I mean, it was insane. And he has four titles. Three of them, he was uh, the best player, and he won Finals MVP. And three of them, and then got the fourth with D. Wade uh, a few years later on. But Shaq was so dominant in the 2000 Finals. I'm going to go through some of the averages in the Finals real quick. So Shaq... Um, in the 2000 finals against the Pacers, averaged 38 points, 17 rebounds, and two assists. So that is just insane. And he shot 61% from the field. I mean, huge numbers. The only way that teams could try to stop him was by trying to obviously use the hack-a-shack, uh, obviously, strategy. And that's one of the things, that's one of the drawbacks with Shaq, is that he wasn't a great free throw shooter. Uh, career, he shot around 50%. So that's one of the drawbacks. That's why I, I could potentially have him higher if he was a better free throw shooter. But because he's not the best, um, he's a little he's a little down further. And I think that's one of the player that's one of the things like with these huge um, like you know, Shaq's like seven foot two, you also have Wilt Chamberlain, he's like seven one, seven two. It it feels like, you know, these players have so much talent already that it feels like, you know, they had to have something they were bad at. So that's free throw shooting. And they both have, like, big hands. So I think that goes into why they're both not great free throw shooters. Um, so that's one of the drawbacks. I think another one of the drawbacks with Shaq is, you know, that he didn't seem to maybe take it as seri- quite as seriously as someone like a Kobe Bryant. You know, they had some of the feuds with that. And later in his career, Shaq, there was some times where maybe he wasn't in the best of shape. And maybe that derailed his career a little bit earlier than it could have potentially. And that's where I look at like him compared to someone like Kareem. I think if Shaq is a better free throw shooter and he also – like if Shaq has the mentality of Kobe basically, I feel like he's just as good as Kareem or better. But he didn't. So I have him here at six and I'll talk about Kareem later. Now I also think he's better than Kobe because really just – he's so much more talented than Kobe. It's really not close. Kobe has the ultimate mentality. But his uh, talent is nowhere near Shaq. Shaq is um, his size, his strength, being able to get buckets like efficiently. Also a really good defender like Kobe. And Kobe was much more inefficient. Shaq was played a huge role, being clearly the best player on those three title teams. So I have Shaq here at number six. All right, you got you got some takes in there that might upset some people. Pe- people are sensitive about their their Kobe Bryant takes. Um, but I, you know, you explained it very well. I don't think it's it's horribly far off. So I'm gonna give my number six here. Uh, it probably won't be super long because it's pretty you've already mentioned. Um, and then you know we'll kind of take a second, you know, address Ben uh, before we go into our top five. So my number six is Tim Duncan. And again, I know you just talked about it, so I'm not gonna go into like super big detail because you've already talked about him. But uh, again, he's he's one of the best two-way players of all time. I, I truly believe that. I, I think there's so much that he did on the defensive end and on the offensive side. That is so crucial to help him, his teams win five NBA championships. He's a two-time MVP, 15-time All-Star, and 50-time All-NBA. Um, he, I mean, he didn't average this stupid amount of points, but he was pretty efficient from the field, 50%, almost 51, um, and 11 rebounds, almost 11 rebounds per game with 2.2 blocks and 0.7 steals. I mean, for, I mean, just all the reasons that you stated, um, the ones I stated, I have him at number six. Like I said, I, I think you had him a little bit lower. Um, I definitely would not put him in the tier up. But uh, out of the guys we've named so far, I think he has made one of the biggest impacts to the game and on his teams. And for that reason, I would put him at number six. So we have our top five coming up here. Ben, you've heard our top 25 to six. Um, I'm going to ask you the same question I asked before. Wh- whose do you like better? Whose do you think is more accurate? What do you think about uh, Trevor's Shaq versus Kobe take? I will, I will refuse to answer the who I think is better because I think you guys both make amazing points. And I really like, I can't decipher between Trevor, he's trying not to hurt your feelings. no I, he's very nice of you, he's ben. trying not to answer the question i'm being completely honest <laughs> when i say you guys i mean i can't really decipher who had a better one i i would have put tim duncan closer to where brandon put him because i think like i said earlier he's so fantastic i think he's of the 12 players i have up on my screen he's probably the most underappreciated player that i can that, that i'm looking at but of like the top 10 players um i think he's fantastic i think trevor made Fantastic points about Shaq, in my opinion. Shaq's probably the second most dominant player of all time. Um, I mean, in his prime, he he literally could not be stopped by anybody on the court. So, I mean, I you guys you guys both made fantastic points. I, I agree with Trevor when he said that Shaq is better than Kobe. I would I would probably agree just because Shaq was more dominant than Kobe was. Although Kobe was a better all-around scorer, Shaq down low, you, there was nobody in, in the world that could stop him when he was at his best. 
So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to pick who, who is better because you guys, I think you guys, both your lists are fantastic. We'll see who had a better top five because I might be able to, to uh, decipher who had a better top five based on what you guys say. But at this point, yeah. you guys are both uh, doing a pretty good job. I think you kind of answered so it. So do we have the same? I think he said Shaq. I think that was his answer. <laughs> you know, that was an answer on the, on the second question, for sure. That was definitely the answer. Do we have the same top five people in our It, in our it seems like you guys are going to have the same top five if I am looking at this correctly. Did you? Am I wrong? Did you put Wilt outside of your top five? No, Wilt's in my top five. Uh, so it, I think so we, it seems like we have the same I top five. I think we do, yeah. And I like to point out uh, probably, I like to point out that if I was making a top five, I would have had these same five players as well. Yeah, which we've talked about that, but yeah. you, you would have the same, yeah. the same five. Um, so at my number five, I, I think, in my opinion, I, I love my top five. My three and four are very close, and I had a tough time. They don't even play the same position. I just had a tough time deciphering who to put at three and four. But we'll get, the, we'll get there. At number five, I have Wilt Chamberlain. Um, and the reason I put him here um, is, I mean, there's many, many reasons. Number one, he averaged 30 points a game in over 1,000 games. And then on top of that, he went and averaged 23 rebounds. And you know, as we talked about, Bo Russell averaged an insane amount of rebounds, but he didn't average 30 points. He won four MVPs, 13 All-Star. He went to 13 All-Star games, 10 All-NBAs, and won the NBA championship twice. Um, so I, I think someone this dominant was just so good. I mean, the, the, there was there was a time um, where he averaged 50 points um, in a year, and I think he. My notes here say he was 25 years old when that happened. Uh, so it's it's going to be tougher. You know, anyone to, you know, touch his rebounding record um, at, uh, it looks like, close to 24,000 rebounds. So, for all those reasons, uh, I, I know that there's been, you know, maybe not rumors is the right word, but, you know, people have said that he wasn't the greatest teammate, that he wasn't a winner. I don't know. To me, it seemed like uh, he, he he's definitely close to a winner, if not, a, you know, a true winner. I mean, he won two championships. Obviously, it's not as good as, you know, like a Kobe 5 or um, like a Bill Russell. What is Bill Russell 11? Um, but for sure, I definitely have Will in my top five, and I think he is accurately ranked at five. Trevor, who is your number five all right. uh, of all time? Yeah, so I also have Will Chamberlain at number five. Oh, we agree on one number. It took yeah. to number five for us to, to to do the same one. Yeah, so Will played 14 seasons in the NBA from 1960 to 1973. As you already said, he averaged 30 points per game, and he also averaged 23 rebounds per game, which is... Uh, basically the same as Bill Russell. Now, he also uh, shot 54% from the field. Um, Compare that to Bill Russell's 44%, so a whole 10% better. Now, this main offensive stats per game that I've been using um, a little bit, Wilt has pretty easily the highest number um, over anyone in history. His number is a 57.4. I think second was, like, Elgin Baylor or Oscar Robertson. Like, one of those guys was second, but... uh, Wilt pretty clearly was um, had the highest. So Wilt also, as you said, two rings. He had one Finals MVP, four regular season MVPs. Now compare that to Russell's 11 rings, and it's like, well, they're playing in similar eras. Okay, Russell, he plays from 57 to 69. Wilt plays from 60 to 73, so same eras. Um, Wilt only plays one more season. Bill Russell has 11 rings to Wilt's two. So how is Wilt better if he only has two and Bill Russell has 11. Well, the answer is that Wilt did not have teammates that were as good as Bill Russell's. Bill Russell had, okay, so he had John Hadlicek, who you had in your top 25. I have right outside, like probably 26 or 27. John Hadlicek would be in that. He had Hadlicek. He had Kuzi, also probably a top 50 player, an amazing point guard. Um, you had um, Tom Sharman. You had Sam Jones. You had, um, you know, just so many great teammates, like so many different Hall of Fame teammates that he had. And yes, Wilt had Jerry West, he had Elgin Baylor, but those were, that didn't happen until later in his career. He didn't join the Lakers till later in his career. So before that, um, I think he played with like Paul Azarin or however you pronounce that. He was good too, but Wilt really only had like, I think when they matched up early, like in the 60s in that finals, it was like Wilt, and he had like one really good teammate in Paul Azarin, and then Bill Russell had like four really good teammates. And when they played in those finals, the series were always close. Like there were often, they would go to seven games, and 
you know, Bill Russell's team would pull them out, but they would always be close, and Wilt would pretty much always outperform Russell. I mean, the offensive stats, it really was never that close when they met, when they played against each other. Um, you know, if you just look at, like, head-to-head, I mean, Wilt, Wilt always out, pretty much always out-rebounded um, Russell, though it was closer. Points, obviously, he, he outscored him. And then, I mean, defense, yes, Bill Russell's probably a better defender, but Wilt was a really good defender, too. I mean, this guy just, it was crazy. Like, I talked about, like, um, like with uh, Charles Barkley, like, some of the things he did didn't make sense. Well, just, like, Wilt, when you see him on the court, he's just, like, the super tall guy. He's also, like, kind of skinny, so it, it just looks strange. And he's going out there, and he's, like, uh, like, when I would see highlights, often – um, the way Wilt would score, he would do this like little finger roll where his hand would be like above the rim, like like he's barely jumping, and his hand would be above the rim, and he's kind of just like, I'm like doing the hand motion. Obviously, you can't see that, but it's just like weird. He's just like letting it roll into the rim, and uh, it's just crazy. He was so dominant. Similarly to Shaq, and also similarly to Shaq, not a great free throw shooter. So. I had the Shaq and Wilt. I was comparing them because I was like, you know, two dominant centers from different eras. How how do I decide who was better? And it was really tough. You can argue for Shaq. You can argue for Wilt. I went Wilt. The numbers are on another level. Um, Shaq's a little bit more efficient, but Wilt's numbers are just on a different level. I think also, I think he was in better shape than Shaq. So I think like, if you think about like, Shaq would also have another drawback of Shaq. Sometimes he would have moments where he'd have to come out of the game because he would get a little too tired. He's a little bit more out of shape. So I thought Wilt was just in better shape. Um, so it was tough. And the stats. So that's what, for me, had him put Wilt above Shaq. Yeah, no, that's... Uh, I, I agree with uh, a lot of what you said there. Um, and we, we have, first time we agreed on one, it, it's hard, I think, if you put you know, top 25 to agree on every single one, but we'll see how many we agree on in the top five years. So, Trevor, who is your number four of all time? Oh, and uh, one more point real quick I want to mention, because one of the, like, the Will uh, critics or the Russell fans, like Bill Simmons, who is a huge Celtics fan, um, so it makes sense that he would put Bill Russell head, but people say that, some people say that Will is selfish and... His game, like, he's not as great of a, great of a winner. Um, and he was, like, he was stat padding. But to me, when you shoot 54% from the field, even if it's, like, stat padding, that 54, like, when you're that efficient, that's still contributing to winning. So I don't think that's stat padding. Like, you're just helping your team win. He didn't have as many great teammates as Bill Russell. And Bill Russell was less efficient. He shot 44%. So, I mean, that's... I would say one of the key parts to my willed over Russell argument right there is just that his efficiency over Russell's, I mean, someone can't be, you can't say, oh, he's stat padding when he's shooting 54% from the field, to me. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a good point um, that you make there. So number right. four, Trevor, who do you have at number four? Right, so number four, um, and again, this, this player was very hard to compare to Wilt because they play different positions, but I do have Magic Johnson at number four. So Magic Johnson played um, 13 seasons in the NBA from 1980 to 96. He played up until, I think, like 91 or 92, and then he took a few years off um, and then came back for one season. He tried to come back and wasn't quite as successful, but he was still, he was still pretty good. Magic Johnson career averages about almost 20 points per game, 11 assists, 7 rebounds, and was very efficient, 52% from the field. So Magic Johnson, another player, just a really great teammate, similarly to Tim Duncan, known for just how great of a teammate he was, and his leadership, also with five rings, like Tim Duncan. He has three finals MVPs, three regular season MVPs. So Magic Johnson, I mean, he was known for his passing, probably the best passer ever. I mean, LeBron's a really good passer too, but Magic, he's really known for that. And Magic also, on top of just being a great passer, a great rebounder, and even a really good scorer, his game was so versatile because he could be like a great scorer, passer, and rebounder, and still be efficient. And he was also like 6'9", and he was able to be a really um, disruptive defender. He was also a really phenomenal defender. So Magic Johnson, like when we talk about like versatility, like Magic Johnson, like his versatility is like off the charts. He, he can do so many different things. I mean... When, when Kareem got hurt, obviously, in the, the 80, 1980 finals, 
Wilt playing, or I mean not Wilt, Magic Johnson playing center and just dominating in the finals. I mean, that was his rookie year, and he was just already that good as a rookie. So Magic Johnson, just a phenomenal player. I, I know that's my, my dad. That's my dad's favorite player, personally. So, uh, yeah, Magic, and he was fun to watch as well when I watched some of those old Lakers-Celtics games. He had that, uh, I think in the 87 finals, I think he had like a game winner, like a running hook shot or something. So, yeah, Magic Johnson was just a great player. Um, so I'm just going to continue that on. I have Magic Johnson at four also, since the second time we, uh, we agree, which I assume our third will also be the same, because uh, I think we will have the same one and two, maybe at different spots. Uh, if you're smart, they won't be at different spots. But... Uh, yeah, no, I've Magic Johnson at four for, again, all the reasons you stated. Uh, you, you did a great job explaining it. But I think one thing that is understated, which people talk about, I just think it's understating, um, about his shooting. At the beginning of his career, he was not this marvelous shooter. And he played point guard at 6'9", which is amazing, too. Um, but he improved his shooting during his career, and he got up to 52% from the field uh, throughout his career. So I think one thing that's super understated is how hard it is to completely change your shooting. I mean, you look at, like, Ben Simmons, that's someone who's trying to do it now who's very similar to Magic Johnson, and we'll see if he ends up being able to change his shooting technique um, and his ability to score from other areas besides within, you know, 10 feet of the hoop. But Magic did that. Uh, and on top of that, won those three MVPs, five championships, 12 All-Stars, and 12 All-NBAs. Um, and, you know, he became that much better shooter in only 906 games. So I think for all the reasons you stated, and on top of that, the fact that, you know, you look at someone like Magic, and uh, with the ability to do something like that and improve his shooting, I mean, I have him at number four, just like you do, and I, I think it's a good spot for him. So um, I'm going to move to my number three here. And uh, like I said, between Magic and this guy, I, I had a tough time trying to figure out where I wanted to put them, but I, I think I ended up making the right decision. I have Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and uh, Kareem uh, is just such, just such an amazing player, and he played for so long. In 1,500 games, uh, he shot 56% from the field, 24.6 points. He won six MVPs, six championships, 19 All-Star games, 15 All-NBAs. He had 2.6 blocks, uh, 11.2 rebounds, and almost four assists a game um, in his just Hall of Fame career. He brought uh, a title to Mi Milwaukee, which is their only title, which I don't think they'll be winning many titles soon. Although, you know, they got Giannis, we'll see, um, before, you know, moving over to L.A. Um, so, you know, Kareem, again, just one of those all-time greats. Um, and someone who changed the game forever. Um, and, you know, for, for that, especially that reason, that's why I have him at number three. So I suspect I will hear Kareem come out of your mouth for number three also, Trevor. But who is your number three? Yeah, so my number three is Kareem. Um, now, Kareem, he averaged, let's see, he played 20 seasons in the NBA. So the ultimate mm -hmm. case of longevity here, you know, like Tim Duncan, um, obviously, is another one. And you have... LeBron, who we're going to talk about, obviously the longevity insane, but Kareem, 20 seasons, 1970 to 1989, started his career with the Bucks, then eventually uh, went to the Lakers to win some more championships. Career averages 24.6 points per game, 3.6 assists, and 11.2 rebounds on about 56% shooting. Now, Kareem has six uh, NBA championships, uh, two finals MVPs, and six regular season MVPs. So Kareem... He was the best player on his team. Now, it's debatable between him and Magic. Who was the best player on some of those teams? Um, obviously, he was the best with the Bucks when they won with Oscar. He was the best player then. And yet, he, he only has two finals MVPs. I kind of think maybe he deserved at least one of those other ones that Magic got, though it's tough to argue. But it's, you know, those Lakers teams were so good that you could have made an argument for Magic or Kareem on some of those teams. But Kareem, I mean, just when you look at Again, the longevity. I mean, Kareem, let's let's look at this. I mean, you said 19 All-Star games. That's so important. 19 All-Star so games. So important, the longevity. So he made the All-Star team every year but one year in his career. Mm -hmm. and, and maybe the last year, I don't know if he actually deserved that. Um, when he, but he was 41. He still made it. But that might have been like a, like a Dirk D. Wade. You know, just give it to him because he's, you know, an all-time guy type thing. But nevertheless, I mean, the longevity is insane. Um, in his best season statistically, he averaged about 35 points per game, 17 rebounds in 72. And then when he gets to the Lakers, he's, again, just, like, so good. Even, like, if you look in the finals, there was one finals I was looking at when he was, like, older and he was still just so good. So, like, 
I think 1987, when the Lakers beat the Celtics in six games in that finals, Kareem was 39 years old, and he still averaged 22 points per game and seven rebounds on 51% shooting. That's pretty crazy, I think. Um, so Kareem, even still at an old age, was still just such a great player. So that's kind of why I have him ahead of Magic. I think it's the longevity that ultimately takes it. And, mm-hmm. I mean, statistically, I mean, they're comparable because Magic obviously has the assists, so it is pretty comparable. But the longevity, yeah. Kareem was just, I think he was a better player. Yeah, and I, I 100% agree on the longevity claim about how important it is um, because being great for that long is it, it truly shows how great of a player you are, um, which I'm kind of you know foreshadowing for later about the discussion between one and two. Um, so Trevor, who is your number two basketball player? Oh wait, I think you want me to go, don't you? Yeah. You want me to finish off? Yeah, you go ahead. All right, so I'll, I'll finish off. Uh, I won't make this super long. I, I have Michael Jordan at number two and LeBron at one, um, and there's a couple reasons why um, that I have, I have LeBron at one. Well, not really a couple. Really, there's every reason why. I, I will say this. I In no way do I hate Michael Jordan. Obviously, I'm a huge LeBron fan. I, I will back him up until the day I die. Saying that, Michael Jordan at his very best, at his very best, those you know, four or five years where he was at his very best, was, was probably just the greatest. I, I could say that. However, the amount that I value a lot of different things. Number one, LeBron is more efficient than him. He didn't average as many points. Um, but he had better field goal percentage and a better three-point percentage over his career. He had more rebounds, more assists. Um, he's higher on the steals list. He's played more games. Um, he has more all-star appearances, more all-NBAs. And additionally, the times where Jordan took breaks in his career. He retired early, then came back. When he came back, he was not nearly as good. Yes, he was old. I understand that. He basically quit in the middle of his career, right when he was at his best. He just quit and went to go play baseball. LeBron has been doing this since he was 18. LeBron or Jordan started when he was 21, and LeBron is going to be doing this probably longer than Jordan did. And it's crazy to think, but these past couple seasons, some people would even claim are LeBron's best. Even you just said that you would take 2018 LeBron, where I would say there's at least two or three other times in his career, uh, whether it's 2012 or 07 um, or 2013, where I would say are the best versions of LeBron, and I think they're really up for debate. So I think LeBron's longevity... Um, LeBron's ability to claim more statistical categories than Jordan. Um, LeBron's the better player. I will say this, Jordan is, is definitely the better scorer, but LeBron, on top of that, is probably the best teammate you could ever have. Just his basketball IQ is insane. His ability to distribute the ball um, and uh, not be a selfish player on the court, not be a selfish teammate, um, is what puts him over uh, Jordan in my eyes. Um, and uh, on top of this, uh, wait, I, I forgot. I meant I did not. I forgot to mention one thing about Kareem, so I'm gonna go back real quick. Kareem is was in one of my favorite movies of all time, Airplane. If you have not seen Airplane, go watch it. It's one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. But back to the MJ versus LeBron. We'll, we'll go into more complete discussion about MJ and LeBron another day. Um, but like I said, longevity is just too important to me. Where uh, Jordan, he basically stopped playing so many times, and even if you look at his stats, especially those last two years, I mean, he really was not efficient at all. He still averaged 20 points, and even if you look at, like, the 97 and 98 season, um, you know, it, it's not that he was bad in, in any sense. I would never say that he is bad, but, like, in the 97-98 season, he averaged 24% from three and uh, 46.5% from the field. Um, so, yes, he scored a lot, but he was taking 24 shots a game, 23 shots a game, um, which is more than LeBron takes. So, I, I think, just collectively as a teammate, the longevity, and the player that LeBron is, I have him well over Michael Jordan. Um, while saying that, Michael Jordan is still the second best player of all time, in my opinion. And those two, I think, are on slightly a different level than Kareem, Magic, and Will. Um, but yeah, saying that, Le- LeBron's number one. I'm going to be upset if you have anything different. Well, I think you are going to say something different. Let's let's see what you say, Trevor. So who is your number two player of all time? Okay, so um, you said something about, like, we're going to we're gonna go into deeper depth with the deeper... <laughs> I can't even speak. Um, into more depth about this conversation. I think this is the day where we're going to go in depth about this conversation because it's, to me, okay, this is so close. I think it's incredibly close it between these guys. Um, so uh, I'm going to I'm gonna say, I'm not going to like, you know, keep guys waiting, I'm sure. No, <laughs> you guys, most of the listeners probably don't even care what I think. But at number one, I do have LeBron James. I agree with you. Oh, good. I have LeBron number one. I have Michael Jordan number two. Now, 
previously, like, I made a list in, like, 2018. It was just, like, a rough list. I didn't do a ton of research. I had Michael Jordan at number one in that, and I had LeBron at number two. Now, my position has almost always been, like, you know, I don't know. I didn't really see MJ, so it's hard for me to really say. But, like, if I if I really have to say, like, I guess I'll just go MJ by default. That's how I've always been. But, like, it's really just been more of, like, a, like I don't know. That's really been my answer. But now, after doing research, my answer is LeBron James. So let's go through it, okay? If you just look at, first of all, statistically, okay, so MJ, career averages, 30.1 points per game, 5.3 assists, 6.2 rebounds, 49.7 field goal percentage. LeBron, 27.1 points per game, 7.4 assists, 7.4 rebounds, 50.4 field goal percentage. So you look at the scoring, MJ a little bit better, about three more points, assists, and rebounds. LeBron's better. So my main offensive stats per game, it's almost identical. LeBron has 41.9, MJ 41.6. So just 0.3 more. When you add steals and blocks to that, MJ has a slight edge, but it's still, it's basically identical. Efficiency, LeBron, very slight edge, but almost identical. So it's crazy how close it is statistically, and you could go through, you can go through playoffs even, and it's still almost identical. Both of their numbers rise in the playoffs. I think MJ's scoring goes like 33, LeBron's goes up to almost 29, LeBron's assist goes up to like 9, and his rebounds go up. Um, so it's just insanely close when you look at it statistically. So, okay, so statistically, it's very close. Even when you go into advanced stats, like, okay, so like value over replacement player in the playoffs, LeBron's first all-time. MJ's second all-time. Box plus minus in the playoffs. Michael Jordan's first all-time. LeBron's second all-time. Win shares per 48 minutes. MJ's first all-time. LeBron's third all-time. Player efficiency rating in the playoffs. MJ's first. LeBron's third. So, like, statistics, it's insanely close. So you can't really, like, decide it based on statistics. So now you go to accomplishments. Okay, well, yeah, everyone that loves Jordan says, well, he has six rings. LeBron's only three. Only has three, and he's lost it you know, whatever, six times. And I think that's a dumb argument because just getting to the finals is such a huge accomplishment. For LeBron to be there nine times is insane. He went there, I believe, eight times in a row. Just, I think, crazy. Now, MJ also had, now this is one thing where I think, if you think about, like, the situation that they're in, obviously, when we think about, like, drafts, I think for a lot of players... It depends, like, how great you are can depend on your situation. Now, with these players, it didn't necessarily matter that much because either way, they're still going to be amazing. Um, but I think MJ's situation benefited him more, much more, than LeBron's situation did. MJ comes right in to this Bulls team who has, and, and there was talk about, like, there's been talk like with about Jerry Krause and with his documentary and him not being maybe the best person or him being, like, maybe a little just... I don't know, but he's a great GM. He's a great GM. He's made some great moves, and so he has that. Michael Jordan has mm -hmm. a great GM. He has Phil Jackson, who I think is the greatest coach of all time. So he has mm -hmm. Phil Jackson and for his whole career, too, besides Trevor, the Wizards. Trevor, seasons. I want to I butt, butt in real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I want to just piggyback on one thing you just said. Go ahead. I promise I'll make it short about how his situation, Jordan's situation, made him better, and I, I think that's kind of twofold. I think there's multiple things you can say. Number one, especially early in his career, LeBron had just terrible teams. And when he went to Miami, obviously they created this you know super team and they won a lot. And then right after that Miami team, pretty much ever since, and even on those teams, LeBron has been around other players who have the ability to play by themselves and still have winning teams. And I think if you take Jordan off his teams, obviously Pippen and those players are great, but they are not great enough scorers like Jordan is, where you look at like Dwayne Wade he was with, and Chris Bosh, players that have led teams and have scored a lot. When you go uh, look at LeBron with Kyrie and Kevin Love, those guys, those guys have averaged 25 points a game, 20, 25 points a game. And then additionally, you look at later in LeBron's career, especially when after he left Miami, where there's now super teams around him. You look at OKC, you look at Golden State. None of those types of teams were around when Jordan was around. They were that team. Obviously, a super team, I mean, they built it, and they built it the correct ways, not, you know, like Golden State obviously brought in, brought in Durant. I mean, you look at some of those teams like that, where, you know, whether it's just LeBron and, like, Kyrie and Love, I mean, they're just, they're not going to be able to compete with the team with Durant and Curry and all those guys like that. So I think situations like that um, kind of deteriorated LeBron. I, I would love to see if LeBron was by himself his whole career, 
he definitely would have averaged more points, and I think he would have won more MVPs. I think having these players around him has made him such has made him become such a great teammate. Where I mean, obviously he's averaged twenty seven point two points per game. That's a lot of points, but he could have averaged thirty if he was alone, and he could have made that choice for himself. Been like, we don't need these stars and invest the money in the the mid level players to so just to build players around me like that. But the game changed, and I think for that reason he didn't average as many points, and he could have. He didn't win as I think he could have won more MVPs if that were the case. And I think there's even arguments that, you know, this year he potentially could have won MVP. I don't know if he would have necessarily. Giannis had a great year too, and he probably would have, Giannis probably would have won. But I think uh, that you make a, there's a good argument to be made about the situations they were both in. And not saying that should deteriorate Jordan. I'm just saying that that, that inhibited LeBron from becoming this great statistical monster and winning more MVPs and, um, you know, inhibiting him in the, in the points department. Yeah, so so you kind of like uh, basically I was gonna say some of the stuff you you just said. So you, you were talking about how like the Cavaliers teammates were not the best, obviously. Um, like for example, yeah, they were terrible. Yeah, like for example, um, LeBron's last season. He brought that 07 team. I that will be in my opinion his one of his greatest feats. That 07 team because he brought no one. There was nobody on that team. That team was terrible. It was horrible, and they he brought them to the NBA Finals against the Spurs. Obviously, he got killed by the Spurs. Right. But, I mean that that was that was insane that he could have possibly brought that team to the NBA finals. It was, yeah. And I mean, yeah, the East was a little bit weaker that year like it has been for, you know, a lot of our, <laughs> you know, the last, you know, whatever 15 years, but nevertheless still doing that is just insane. But you know, when you look at like LeBron's last season with the Cavs, they won 61 games. The next season, they won 19 without LeBron. You know, and it's essentially the same team. It was essentially the exact same team. Yes, and then you go to um, the year before LeBron gets there. When he comes back, they win 33. LeBron uh, joins the Cavs. They win 53. Then his last season with the Cavs before uh, going to the Lakers, they win 50. This season, or not this season, last season, they won 19. You know, so it, it's it's crazy. I mean... And then, like, with MJ, you know, before he went to baseball, they won 57 games. When he goes to baseball, the team still wins 55 games. So only two games less. They still go to the conference semis um, with Scottie Pippen um, leading that team, still being a phenomenal player. So I just think, like, when you look at the situation that these players were in, I think MJ's was much better. I think he has better teammates overall. Um that he had um, the best coach of all time. LeBron just had terrible coaches. I mean, Mike Brown, you know, David Blatt. Would, I mean, he's like a newer coach. I mean, Tyron Lue, he was all right, I guess. But, like, it was really, you know, he was really just kind of there, I guess. I mean, he's, he's all right. Tyron Lue's not bad. Um, but, no, you know. Tyron Lue's not a good coach. <laughs> yeah, I mean. No. but Let's but, not go out and say he's all right. <laughs> he's okay. I don't Billy know. Billy Donovan is all right. Tyron Lue's a bad coach. Right. So, so the situation, I mean, that's definitely in favor of MJ, which, which makes it tougher. Like, when you have the rings, it's like 6-3. to three, But, yeah, you got to look at the situations. And in addition, you know, if you just talk about, like, offensively, you look at their games. Okay, so you look at, okay, so three-point shooting. I think it's, it's kind of like, a, like, a, like just a draw, like, because neither of them were necessarily known for their three-point shooting. MJ didn't take a lot of threes because it wasn't as – you know, important back then, but neither of them were really great three-point shooters. I mean, mid-range, MJ, much better there. That's, you know, the the staple of his game. But but LeBron, later in his career, has actually gotten pretty good at mid-range shooting. So he's improved that part of his game. Yeah, MJ's better, but then when you go to, like, driving to the rim, attacking the basket, LeBron is better there. So I think overall in scoring, I think maybe you could say MJ has a slight edge, but, like, it's it's very slight. It's not by much. Then when you go to passing, yeah, MJ was a really good passer, and he had a season where he had eight assists, but LeBron's the better passer. He's He, he, always, he almost always makes the right play, where MJ, there would be occasions. And when I was talking about Kobe, this is one of the flaws I talked about with Kobe, is how you know he, he would get into situations where he's so, so confident in his abilities that he's going to take every single shot if he feels he needs to. MJ would do the same thing, but he would make a lot of them. But I think still, I would rather have... LeBron, the guy who I know is not like his ego isn't really going to get in the way, and he's always going. I feel like he's always going to make the right play with MJ. I, I'm not. I'm just not quite as confident in him taking every shot versus LeBron taking some shots and passing. 
and you know, and just kind of like, and then also rebounding. LeBron, he's bigger, he's stronger, so he's a better rebounder. So overall, in the offensive game, I think M, uh, LeBron's better because he has the passing, he has the rebounding, and he's only slightly worse scoring than MJ. On defense, I think it's super close. I mean, MJ is better at guarding the guards. LeBron's going to be get better at guarding the forwards. It's it's super close. But ultimately, I do think LeBron's the better player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can make a good co- case for MJ, sure. I mean, he's never lost in NBA Finals. I mean, he's never had... Like, like the case for MJ, I think, is basically um, he didn't have a moment like LeBron did in the 2011 finals. Like, that's, like, a big case. That's, like, a good point for MJ. But still, to me, that doesn't overcome all of the other stuff I just said. Like, yeah, LeBron had mm-hmm. one really bad finals, but he's also had so many great finals recently. 2015, all the way up, like, four straight years where he's just phenomenal in the finals, 2015 through 2018. So... I think LeBron's a little bit better, but it's it's so close, man. Yeah, and the thing I talked about like really early in the podcast, like I made this point to Ben after watching The Last Dance, that just it's hard to compare them because the league was so different when they played. I mean, so many aspects of like how Jordan plays and stuff, it, it looks like not wacky, that's not the right word, but just different. It doesn't look like the type of game that is played today. Like different ways he like approached the rim. Um, in different ways that, you know, like they pass the ball. It's just, I think the games are so different where it's so hard to compare them um, for that aspect. So I think both of them are goats in their own way. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, I think we uh, we had good top fives. I'm happy you picked LeBron. I do want to point out, I did not know who he was picking, and you made it seem like you were going to pick Jordan uh, <laughs> over the past, you know, two weeks or whatever it is. Yeah. So, Ben, we're going to throw it to you one last time. What do you think of the final list? I would say I have the exact same top five as the both of you. Now, let me give, I'll give my input on each player really quickly. I would have Will Chamberlain at five, just like you guys did. I think he, in my opinion, he's the most dominant player of all time. He is, I mean, he's just fantastic. There's so many stats that you can find where he is number one, and then there's a huge gap between him and two and the rest of the pack. Um, I think you guys were right on the money when you said he was number five. Like Brandon said, my three and four, it's so hard. They go back and forth all the time, but I would have Magic at four. He's a 6'9 point guard that can pretty much play any position he wants on the floor. Uh, his passing was phenomenal. Um, at four, I think he, I think that's a perfect spot for him. Kareem at three, I, I think he's the greatest Laker of all time. I mean, I, it, not that this has a ton of relevance. Except LeBron. Okay, yeah, well, LeBron's only been on the team for two years. Best career as a that's Laker a is Kareem. Not that this has a ton of input on um, his NBA career, but in college, I think he's the greatest college basketball player of all time Kareem is. And I was looking at this the other day. They're, they literally made a rule called the Alcindor rule in college basketball where NCAA officials felt that he was too dominant. He dunked too easily. So from 1967 to 1975, it was illegal to dunk in college basketball because of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which I think, yeah, I think I that is absolutely that, crazy. Yeah. So that is how he developed his hook shot because he wasn't allowed to dunk anymore. Him at three, I think, is perfect. Um, LeBron at one and Michael at two. I, it's so hard because I'm happy Trevor had uh, LeBron at one. Not that, and the thing is, I don't. If somebody has Michael at one, like it doesn't bother me. I think there's so many arguments. It bothers me because it's wrong. Okay, well, <laughs> and here's the thing, Brandon. Brandon said on the on the stream the other day during the draft that um, LeBron was by far the best player, and I think you were ridiculous when you said that. Um, I think it's so close, and I think if you have Michael at number two, it doesn't bother me because there's so many arguments that can be made for both. I will say something real quick. Um, if like if you're listening to this and you ever want to hear somebody that really knows their stuff about this argument, listen to Nick Wright. I love Nick Wright, and mm-hmm. I agree. And not just because I agree with what he says, but he makes such a good argument when he says, if you're looking at who is solely better at the game of basketball, I think it's LeBron James, and I agree with him when he says that. If you're looking at who is the better basketball player, not who has a better career, not who has more championships, not who's on a better team, who is solely better at the game of basketball, it's LeBron James. And he always makes the argument – What's the one knock on LeBron James? It's the 2011 finals. He he wasn't good. Honestly, he was terrible by his standards in that finals. But what does he do after that? He rattles off what you could argue is the greatest seven-year stretch in the history of the NBA. He goes to seven more finals. Um, like Trevor said earlier, honestly, I agree. I think his 2018 season is probably his best season ever, and that was, what, his 16th season in the league or well, whatever the, it was? The, it was his best playoffs. That's, that's yeah. specifically what I – yeah, and and that team that he took in, like Brand said in 07, that team was garbage. In 2018, that team was garbage. They had no business being in the NBA Finals either. So he rattles off after his one knock. He rattles off probably the greatest seven year stretch in the history of any player in, um, in basketball. 
So that when I look at this argument, I, that's what I look at. I look at who is solely better at the game of basketball. Yeah, Jordan scores more, but LeBron's a better passer. He's a better rebounder. He's a better facilitator. And honestly, he's probably a better teammate in general. I think if you're looking at who is the best player to ever pick up a basketball, it's LeBron James because he is such a, in my opinion, a better all-around player than Michael Jordan is. So that's what that, that that's great. Points, that is my that is my take is on that great. argument. All right, so I think uh, we've we've had a very fun time doing uh, this. I think next week we'll probably get back to a normal episode. Uh, but Trevor, any any last comments here before we wrap up uh, the episode? Yeah, I mean, just like the I guess the only two things I, I missed I didn't really say, and you, you kind of talked about this, but like when Jordan left for baseball, like that goes into it. Like that hurts him. You know, if he plays those two seasons, yeah, he left in the middle of his career. The, yeah, he was the middle. He was in his prime. It hurts, you know, and. For that, LeBron, I mean, the longevity with LeBron is a little bit better than MJ, so he has that over him by a little bit as well. So, you know, that that hurts Mm -hmm. MJ that he didn't, uh, that he, yeah, he went to baseball. And also, I think Ben briefly was kind of, I think it reminded me of like the, uh, the, like when he said, well, he thinks LeBron's a better teammate. So I don't necessarily know if LeBron's a better teammate, but there is like this debate about, um, I think it's just like a case about like leadership styles and how MJ seemed like the type of player who, you know, he's just gonna, he's really all about competing. And sometimes he'll, you know, yell at his teammates and, 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 you know, just like get under their skin. And Kobe, I think did similar things like that. Whereas LeBron, he's the guy that, you know, is taking you out to dinner. He's trying to bring everyone together, but yet he's maybe not quite as competitive as MJ. So it's, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say which approach was better. I think they, I mean, they both were resulted in very um, great successes. So, I mean, it's, it's tough to say there, but yeah, I mean, just a great discussion. And again, I think it's so close. You can argue for either one of them. So here's what I'll say. I'll, I'll, I'll back up my statement when I said by better teammate, what I mean is I think LeBron has he's better at making good players great players. I think he's that's what I think he's better at than Michael Jordan. I'm, I think he's better at taking players that are good and making them great. That's what I, that's what I mean when I say better teammate. I'm not saying he's a better person in general. I'm just saying I think he's better at making good players great players. Eh, you know, I, don't I think know. these are all great points. Uh, you could debate it's that. Maybe maybe a debate for another day, but. Uh... With that being said, thank you all so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed our top 25 players all the time. I, I know I did. I know Trevor did. And I'm sure Ben did also. Um, go follow us on Twitch. We might be streaming soon. Who knows? Twitch.tv backslash uh, smallballerpod. Follow us on Twitter. It's the exact same Twitter handle, at smallballerpod on Twitter. Um, follow all, all three of us on Twitter. And subscribe, comment, and rate the podcast. We would appreciate all that um, a ton. Um, but yeah, no, with that being said, thank you all so much for listening to our top 25 players of all time and we'll see you next time. Go Falcons.